Congressman Mark Green, who's uh, here with us today. And uh, I'm going to give him the give him the floor and let him uh, tell you whatever he wants to tell you. I, I know there's some good news in Washington, so uh, take it away. <laughs> hey, what'd y'all think about what y'all think about the red dictator the other night, Thursday night, in his speech? It's crazy times in this country, I'll tell you. You know, President Biden mentioned, I think it was in a speech several weeks ago, that those of us who are concerned about tyranny don't really have a choice because the government has F. 15 fighter jets. Y'all remember that speech? I'd like to remind the president, he just surrendered to a ragtag bunch in Afghanistan who didn't have F-16s and F-15s. Right? $87 billion worth of U.S. equipment left there for the Taliban. No, we're not afraid, Mr. President. We're not afraid. Um, I will say that you really probably don't have to worry about Joe Biden coming after your guns. You know why? If you just put him on the second floor, he can't get to him. Did you see him go up the stairs Air Force One? I mean, that guy can't even get up the stairs. I just got back from uh, the southern border, and it is a mess. The President of the United States has ceded control of our southern border to the drug cartels. They use an interesting strategy of having paid people, these people pay the cartels five grand, to, to bring them to the border, and they, they bunch them at a mass crossing site. The CBP gets pulled from the line to process these people, the line is left open. I found a border section that was 30 miles, normally 200 agents on that line, down to seven. Seven people pulling three shifts to cover 30 miles of border. And as we went into those farmers, we actually went with the ranchers and went on their farms and watched the game cameras that they have up. Men in camouflaged uniforms with backpacks full of drugs and carpet shoes crossing our southern border in droves. And that's why the sheriffs in Tennessee are telling me that fentanyl in January of 21 was $98 a hit. It's now $25 a hit. Simple supply and demand. And that's why the deaths to fentanyl in the state of Tennessee have gone up 50%. And 107,000 Americans died last year because of this president's ridiculous border policies. And that's why protecting our rights as gun owners is so critically important. But not only that, look at what's happening to our government. We have to be prepared. And it's pretty clear when you look at the First Amendment having been written only a few years after our American citizens overthrew a tyrannical government, the purpose for that amendment was just that. To maintain a free state is not, I mean, it isn't like the deer population is overthrowing America. Right? This notion that you don't need 10-round magazines or 20-round magazines to hunt deer 
is absolutely asinine because it's very clear that to maintain a free state is articulated in the amendment. Right? And thank God for Donald J. Trump. Because President Trump gave us four Supreme Court justices, three Supreme Court justices, and we got incredible rulings this year. Of course, they affirmed the state's right to decide on abortion. That Tenth Amendment matters. That Tenth Amendment matters. They also affirmed that a football coach can pray to his God wherever he wants to. And in the EPA ruling with West Virginia, the Supreme Court said, I'm sorry, the regulatory agencies cannot write the laws. Congress has the authority to write the laws. It's time Congress does its job. But most important to all of us, and in the uh, opinion written by Clarence Thomas, he very clearly said, Americans do not and should not ever have to ask permission to, to actually possess a firearm and execute a Bill of Rights, a, a right given by God and guaranteed by the Bill of Rights. Well, it has been an honor to serve as a United States Congressman, and I see John Rose sitting out there. I guess John's going to come up here in a moment and say his three to five minutes. <laughs> um, but I will tell you, too, there are other members of our delegation who are strong supporters of the TFA who couldn't be here. To, uh, I think of Tim Burchett being one, and Diana Harshberger, and Scott Desjardins, guys that, that believe in the First Amendment, believe in the Second Amendment, believe in the entire Constitution, and are there fighting it. And there is no better organization in Tennessee than the Tennessee Firearms Association standing up for your Second Amendment rights. John and Richard and the leadership of the organization are battling against misinformation, they're battling against uh, businesses that, that are concerned. I remember doing a cleanup bill when I was a state senator on the guns in parking lots. I remember carrying the first constitutional carry bill when I was a state senator. We need to tighten that one up a little bit, but uh, yeah, we do. But, but the TFA is there moving the needle incrementally to make sure that we as Tennesseans can use our God-given right to, to keep and bear arms. And I appreciate the TFA for leading that fight. And i got to give a shout-out to Gun Owners of America, too. In the midst of a challenging time nationally, where organizations are struggling with their, their internal structure, how they manage the resources that you as gun owners have given these organizations. Gun Owners of America has stayed above the fray. And I will tell you, 
I run bills by these guys all the time, and they'll say, Mark, that's a good one. Go for it. We'll support you. Mark, that's a bad idea. So we pull the bill. We listen to those guys, and we appreciate the advice that they give us. And I want to give a shout-out to, you know, I mentioned Congress, but I want to give a shout-out to the General Assembly members. If you're in the General Assembly, would you stand right now? These are General Assembly members who support your right to keep and bear arms. Every single one of you, pat these guys on the back, love on them, give to their campaigns. I want to talk a little bit about the press and what it's saying about our election uh, chances in the fall. And uh, can I talk about that? Okay. All right. Um, I want to make sure I don't break any ethics rules here. Uh, look, the press is going to tell you we're going to lose. Don't believe them. All right? Last cycle, they said we were going to lose 15 seats. We gained 15 seats. We're four seats from the majority right now. The Republicans will win in November if you help us and work with us. And if you want ideas on how to do that, reach out to my office. We can connect you with candidates all across the country who are in tough fight. And you guys can make phone calls right from your home here in Tennessee for those candidates to make sure that we have as big a majority as we possibly can. We want not only a good night, November the 8th, we want a great night. We want to send a message that this woke cancel culture, progressive crap coming out of the left is not what Americans believe. And we need you to get that finish line accomplished. And we'll do it with your help. God bless you all for being here. I'm looking out at a crowd that looks like it's about 300, Jeff. Is that right? Close, close to 300 people here. Let's double it next year. Okay? Let's double it next year. And remember, if you're trying to win somebody to the Lord, there are techniques that work and there are techniques that don't. Right? Evangelizing folks to join TFA and get with the fight, if you stand out on the corner and hand out a bunch of tracks, that's not going to be that effective. Let's be strategic. Let's talk to our friends, let's win their hearts, and let's get them seated in this convention next year. God bless all of you, and God bless the great state of Tennessee.